Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. There's an old Jewish proverb that says that since God couldn't be everywhere all at once, he decided to create mothers. Although a bit playful, this proverb, like any joke, reveals a good deal of truth, one that we are mindful of today. We often think of God as Father, but today I thought we could consider God as Mother. In case you think it odd to think about the mothering nature of God, let me remind you of some of, the, some of our Christian forebears. In the Middle Ages, it was not uncommon to refer to Christ, no less, as our mother. Julian of Norwich, the great 13th century anchorite, saw in Christ our true mother. Christ, the one who weeps over Jerusalem as a mother hen weeps over her own. Christ, the one who gives new birth to everyone who encounters him. Christ who gathers the children to himself, Christ upon whose breast a disciple is invited to recline. And even this morning, we see Christ praying over his disciples as a mother prays for the growth and flourishing of her children. It's a much needed corrective to a long history of sexism to think of Christ as mother. The world, I take it, has been too long riveted by the myth of a male savior. Let me say outright that men can totally mother. It was a wise person who said that just as there is no woman in more need of liberation than the woman in every male, so the mother most in need of recognition is the mother in every father. You can kick that one around at lunch. I want to look at our gospel passage, and at Christ in particular, and see how he might show us a little bit of what it means to be a mother. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. I protected them, I guarded them, and now I pray for them, says Jesus. This is to say that to be a mother, first and foremost, is to be a vessel of grace, to love a child before the child can ever love back, to pour out one's heart to a child before the child can even say thank you. We love God because he first loved us. Our children will one day love only because they were first loved. If not loved, Children become like an oak tree that never learned how high it was meant to grow and is now bent over because the storms of life hit before it ever had the roots of love. Simply having children, however, does not make mothers, nor do you have to have children to mother. Some of the wisest, strongest, most capable mothers I've ever known have zero children. 
and yet take care of and have compassion on, indeed see the whole world as their family. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother, says Jesus. All of us are called to love each other and to all God made and meant us to be. Let's refine that statement a little bit, though. To love is surely to support and to encourage, but not necessarily to approve. Quite the contrary. If we love one another, we will help one another fight against our evil dreams, lesser versions of ourselves that we, because of sin, are sorely tempted to become. We don't need an approving love. We need a love that will scrap and wrestle for what is best in us when we have lost that vision for ourselves. When through despair or self-pity, we become dead to rapture. It's friends who are needed to remind us that God made the bright rift of dawn, the reddening rose, and calls forth the song of the birds. A friend is not one who puts her friendship before her friend, but rather one who risks her friendship for the sake of her friend. That's the kind of love we need, and it's the kind of love that Christ, our mother, shows us. He prays that the Father sanctify us in truth. Sanctify them in truth, he says. Jesus doesn't offer us a bland approval of ourselves, our lives, our stories. Jesus wants to draw out the very truth of our lives, the melodies that we've forgotten how to sing, the memories we've forgotten how to accept, the dreams we've forgotten how to live. But if love is not necessarily approval, not necessarily sweetness and light, it is acceptance. It's always acceptance. Rudyard Kipling, the great author, had the unforgettable lines, If I were hanged on the highest hill, O mother, O mine, O mother, O mine, I know whose love would follow me still. Mother of mine, O mother of mine. Here's another distinction. Though one word is contained in the other, we all know that to mother is not to smother. Notice that Jesus doesn't stay with his disciples forever, holding their hand and worrying anxiously off in the corner as his disciples try to figure out how to make it in the world themselves. Mother love, like God's love, provides maximum support and minimum protection. The gospel tells us not to fear, but the gospel doesn't ever tell us to seek safety and protection above all else. Protection makes cowards of everyone, which is probably why God provides so little of it for us. Consider the father in the parable of the prodigal son. He could have protected his boy. He could have kept him at home. He could have kept him from getting into trouble, but he could not have kept him filial. Without freedom, there is no love. So the father has to release his boy into the vicissitudes of life and then stand on the road and wait and long with a mother's longing for the son to return to himself and to his spiritual home. I had a good friend in college who learned this lesson. He was in full throttle revolt against his father, a well-respected Methodist bishop down in Alabama. The son hardly studied at all our first year. He was boozing and carrying on almost every night. At four o'clock one morning, he woke me up on the top bunk 
with tears pouring down his face, that he finally, he finally understood what a father's love was all about. No matter what I do, he said, I know that my father will always love me. Great dude, I thought. Can we talk about this in the morning? <laughs> the bishop supported his son, offering him unconditional care, but not protection. He was mothering, not smothering. With all of this said, I think on Mother's Day, it's important for many of us to have the space to mourn the ways in which we weren't given this kind of love. Perhaps you've been badly hurt by a mother or a father. Your grief is deep, your tears are real. There's no use pretending it to be any different on this day. It's important to remember, it's really important to remember though, that it's precisely what you cannot condone that you can only forgive. Nothing less needs forgiveness. Remember also that scars are all right. Scars left by our parents, and we all have them, are wounds that have healed, not without a trace, but have healed nonetheless. And finally see Jesus praying this morning, longing for his disciples' fullness and healing, and know that he will go to the cross for the sake of every wound and rise our wounded healer. To find that one's own anguish is joined to Christ's wounds is to receive the gift of forgiveness and reconciliation and made able to pass it along to others. For many of us, there is no better gift to give our mothers, dead or alive, this day than that. One last thought. We should remember that we are not just members of our earthly families. To think that this Mother's Day is to miss so much of God's gift to us. We have sisters and brothers and extended families and extending across the world are people whom we are called to struggle to make the world a more complete and peaceful place. Each of us is born into a natural family, but also a supernatural family, the church. We have a dual membership. We're a Clark, we're a McGee, we're a McLean. But we're also sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in the kingdom of God. We aren't just called to save and parent and inspire our own children. We're called to reach out and connect to that larger family, both neighbor and stranger, to build stronger family ties in each and every person we meet. So let us this Mother's Day recall our mothers, whether in mortal or immortal life. Let us remember the beauty and love in their faces. Let us remember them at their maternal best, the way they accepted when not always approving, supported rather than protected us, loved us as loved us as best as they knew how. Let us pray for them in gratitude for the ways they showed us God. And let us ask for the grace to forgive all that we struggled to condone. And let us pray for grace to mother one another, even as does God, who in Christ is the mother of us all. Amen.